0: Welcome in, Chicago Brothers Bear Show, the midweek baseball heavy edition. Andre, it is time to switch gears now that we are in the offseason and talk some actual uh, baseball spring training pitchers and catchers in a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. I mean, there's NFL news always going to be coming out, you know, it's just, but it's going to be more periodic, right? And you've got like obviously the postseason. Yeah, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing what teams are, you know, what their lineups are going to start to look like, like how the teams are going to be formed and maybe in Chicago's baseball spheres, it's a little bit of a, what have they not done? What they maybe missed out on. Um, yeah. And obviously we got new, got, we got a new manager. So there will be some interesting things that can happen this season.
0: We do for sure. And we have two guests joining us today, Mr. Tom and Maddie from the Esther TV podcast. Gentlemen, how are you doing
2: I am great thank you guys for having me back
1: uh, more than welcome Tom
3: it's good to enjoy my second rodeo here in the Chicago brothers podcast
0: oh man so I'm assuming at this point you guys have all done more baseball research than what Jed Hoyer has apparently done it right like is it so Tom I'll, I'll direct this question to you is the What's is the general feeling from Chicago? Because you're obviously there, and the other the other three of us are, you know, down in Florida. Is that like, is it the do something meme where you know you're poking the horse with the stick
2: thing already going on? I, I don't know. I think that um, it's it's really more about um, what what I'm seeing is pa- people are describing it as patience from Hoyer. They're saying that he's being patient. The The trade with the Dodgers a few weeks ago brought in um, Bush, who they feel can do some of or a part of the Reese Hoskins role that they were looking at. Uh, and him signing with Milwaukee was, to some people, seen as a miss for the Cubs, where I think The Athletic was reporting earlier today that it was more about with the acquisition of Bush, we didn't necessarily need Hoskins as much. And their focus is on left-handed bats. Uh, And obviously Bellinger is at the top of that list. So there are some who are saying it's patience um, and that, you know, Hoyer apparently said a few weeks ago that it might not be till February that we see a lot. So February is in a couple of days. We'll see, but there are, it's certainly getting, I would say um, people are, are a little antsy. We'd like to see some movement, especially after the Craig council edition. We expected more.
0: Yeah. And, and Maddie, I know last time you were on the show, we talked a bunch about uh, show the potential of landing Shohei. Obviously, that did not happen because the Dodgers are now the new Yankees. But uh, <laughs> what what do you think influenced the, the the Japanese connection out in out in L.A.
3: You know how you are going out with the boys late night, and you know you're trying to see who's at the bar with you know what ladies are there. And Shohei is obviously, you know, the most attractive one. Then there was Yamamoto. And obviously, you know, where it's a little bit after midnight to one o'clock and you just have to go for it. And that's what they got with, you know, um, I really don't want to butcher his name right now. But um, it's it's Shoga, right?
0: Yeah, I think, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah.
3: Right? I- Ima- Imamota? I don't want to butcher his name, but, you know, I'm more than impressed that he has better speaking English than, you know, most of his colleagues that are <clears throat> representing as countrymen in the United States. And, you know, to basically smooth, other, <clears throat> smooth over the icing of the cake in my metaphor, it's, it's more of a consolation prize to, you know, what we wanted to throw the bag for Shohei. Obviously our attention was there. It's just the, the one thing that I absolutely hate about, you know, baseball journalists as a whole is that they always want to control the narrative of, you know, the more popular big money spending teams to, you know, pursue, you know, the big billboard names and, you know, to not say that Chicago can't, Persuade any of that talent that way is, you know, kind of a hard thing to pull, especially when the cloud of Bellinger is looming over our head. But, you know, I've said this to Cubs fans a plenty. It's just, it's harder to deal with Boris Corp clients when we have deep rooted history with that agent since the, you know, Maddox days. And it's that that's why it's been hard with Hoskins going to Milwaukee. You know, if we lose out on the Bellinger sweeps altogether, does that mean that they're going to get Chapman? And does that fill the hole at third base? Too many rumors saying that Morrell is going to play third base. But, you know, it, who's to say? Like Bush has been told that he could actually play the corners. Is that going to you know put competition with you know great prospect Matt Mervis? And we saw how much of a quick dud that was. I mean, I'm not saying it's a failed project altogether. We had to work on Ian Hap quite a bit. So I mean, to see competition this spring in Arizona between Mervis and Bush at first base, that's gonna be pretty interesting. So, and you know, before we all you know go around you know, the table here, it's just it's more or less seeing what relationship is going to be cemented between Jed Hoyer and new skipper Craig Council, because what if Craig actually has, you know, a word or two that what talent he wants to at least bring into, you know, this club, how much of his influence is he going to be modeling around young talent? Because he had a success to our rivals up in Milwaukee. That's just what this is going to be in part two of a science project that we have in this upcoming season. Because last year, believe it or not, was a little bit of a science project. We were all surprised. And, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, talking too much here. But, you know, uh, I got to pass this along.
0: (laughs) Okay. So both you guys mentioned the manager. And and Andre, I know we we are a football first show. So I want to get your reaction here from Jump. Jim Harbaugh goes to the Chargers, right? We've got Iberflue staying, initial reactions. I know we're changing gears kind of back to football quickly, but obviously, the you know, we Andre, you and I had this conversation on the last episode about, you know, the quarterback versus the coach, right, if you miss out on one. And I want to pose that same question to our two guests, so I'm going to let you ask it. But Andre, initial reaction on on Harbaugh.
1: I think it's a good situation for him. I think uh I think it's a good situation for the Chargers and for Herbert. I mean I I think it's a good hire. In general, he's kind of a good track record and he knows how to deal with quarterbacks well and he's got a really, you know, promising one in Herbert there. I think he wanted to be in LA too. I mean, I'm sure if the Bears pushed for him, there might have been a possibility there, but I think I think that was a good move for them. What I'm Kind of surprised that, and I'll ask our, our guests here too, is like, I kind of expected the coaching to be different than what's happening right now. Like, you got Raheem Morris that was just hired, you've got the Tampa Bay's coordinator that was just hired in Carolina, I think. So, you've got like some OCs that are in, you know, some position or some OCDCs that are moving, but you got some big names obviously just out there. So, it's kind of interesting. And then, obviously, out of all this movement, coordinators and coaches, the Bears obviously have their own changes and they kept Eberflus, right? So I'll put it to you. So Tom, you're in there, you're in Chicago. And I've been watching a lot of podcasts coming out of CHGO and NBC Sports Chicago and reading a bunch of articles. We've talked offline, like texted and stuff. What's your kind of feeling with keeping Eberflus, hiring uh, Waldron from the Seahawks? Like what, has it been an optimism in your opinion? Good, bad? Like, what do you, how do you feel about some of these changes?
2: Personally, I'm for it. I, I think it was the right call to make. I think the defense did a good job, especially in the second half last year. I think Eber, Eber, Eberflus for the most part, called a good game. I think see, seeing who they pick at defensive coordinator and what the play calling is going to be will be interesting from that perspective. But I think, I think the defense should be rewarded. And that's why Eberfluss still has a job. Um, I think the defense did a great job this year. I think the offense was inconsistent, and that's why every single offensive coach is gone. Um, It's obviously pivotal, that you know, the upcoming draft and, and everything that leads up to it and what the Bears do with the number one pick is all, it's a pivotal year. It's critical, and I think the Bears are trying to win. And so keeping Iberflus, creating the consistency, he clearly has control of the locker room and the players, especially the defensive players, respond to him. So I'm for it. Um, and, and very briefly, I'll just say when it comes to the coaches that have been hired versus the coaches that have not been hired, I, what owner slash general manager wants to deal with Bill Belichick? Honestly, like I, and it's not to say that Belichick isn't a great coach and can't do wonderful things, but he, the, the asks he's going to have as table stakes to come into an organization in terms of control and decisioning. I mean, you hire an offensive coordinator that's never been a head coach before, and he'll just he or she will just be happy to say yes, no, whatever you say. Bill Belichick isn't going to do that, and I think Brable, Brable excuse me, is going to have expectations as well. I think some of these younger guys, I think owners can have more control. Uh, they can sign contracts that are better for them, um, and people like the unknown. People like to take the risk. It's a part of the reason why I'm a huge fan of Marvin Harrison Jr. because he could he could be everything. You know, or he could be uh, any one of the you know the number one picks the Bears have made outside of you know in the yeah. last ten years. Yeah. So
1: yeah, that's a good point. I I kind of hear what you're saying, and I mean, look, Arthur Blank does not look like the meanest, like most opinion. He's like the I would like put him as polar opposite than Jerry Jones, right, as an owner in Atlanta. And so it's amazing that that like kind of happy go lucky guy and his executives. And interviewed by, I guess, Belichick for like two days and they hired somebody else, right? It's kind of telling about that. It's a good point. Maybe some owners, I know you don't. And this is a okay, this is maybe a little conspiracy theory. Just wanted to get your guys' take on this. Do you think the owners themselves like have like a group chat and like craft was like, Hey man, uh, don't hire that asshole, <laughs> like, I, like or, or do you think like they talk behind the scenes, like? Oh man, can you believe what Bill said to me today? It's like, yeah, it's that it really sucks. Like, I don't know, like how how much they talk between each other, you know? As just an owner, as an owners, so it'd be kind of funny if like the word is out. Like, man, that yeah, I had to break up with that guy. That One
3: was bad, thing's for sure. Jim Ursay is not in that group chat. I'll say that. No, Jim, Jim Ursay is out. the dude dropping all the memes in that group chat.
1: <laughs> well, he, he that might've been in the problem. Like he might have been in there. Like, boy, we got to kick you out, man. You're you're too much. <laughs> I don't
3: think well, Virginia think- could also text either.
1: I <laughs> know, uh, no, yeah, it's yeah, it's a good point. Maybe that's maybe that's the, that's the reason why the Bears suck so much. Is when we got kicked out of the group chat. Oh
2: man. Well, I, Anyways, I I would be just absolutely shocked to hear NFL owners colluding with each other. I can't imagine that would
3: ever. <laughs> <Right?
2: laughs> it's that's so far fetched,
1: Tom. Like, how dare you say that?
2: God. Yeah, God forbid.
1: Why so, are you on this show talking that nonsense?
0: So, speaking of ownerships, right? I, I want to touch on and, and kind of steer it back to baseball because it's the the focus for this episode is. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the Cubs in their upcoming season, but. But ownership in terms of baseball in the city of Chicago, between the Ricketts and Reinsdorf, right? Like, is there one that is more hate? I'm assuming it's got to be it's got to be Reinsdorf, right? Like, is that yes. the
2: without a yes. doubt, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, th- I think at least the the current mood in the city is that. The, I mean, the Cubs are spending money as an organization. I don't know if any of you have been in and around Wrigley field in the last five years, but that neighborhood looks a lot different than it did 15 years ago. Um, it is, they have spent money. They have built up the infrastructure in that area uh, and you can see it and you can feel it. And while Wrigley is a historical landmark in some ways, and there are things that they cannot change. They have upgraded just about everything in that building. Um, and you can feel it. And then you go to the South side and they, I mean, the White Sox got the raw end of the deal. They built a huge stadium at the tail end of the huge stadium era. And five years later, stadiums started getting smaller and and more, um, you know, kind of fan-friendly. And, you, I mean, if you sit in the upper deck at Comiskey Park or whatever they call it these days, you're getting murdered by the sun for most of the game. It's, it's awful. So I, I think that the White Sox are – and the White Sox have, have – have supposed to have been good the last few seasons and have failed miserably. So I I think it's absolutely Reinsdorf um, from a, just like, are you, you've got to be kidding me perspective. Now I
0: was in Nashville just before the baseball winter meetings went off and uh, went out with a couple uh, baseball friends of mine from my days uh, working with the Phillies And I got dimed to me, hey, did you know Reinsdorf's meeting with the mayor of Nashville, right? Like in a couple of days. And I'm like, are you kidding me? How does no one know this? They're like, yeah, it's kind of talk in our circles. I guess the media hasn't pushed it yet. And two days later, the article comes out like, hey, Reinsdorf's down in Nashville meeting with the mayor of Nashville. I know, and Tom, you mentioned this, that that whatever they're calling comiskey now it's kind of like you know i refuse to call the sears tower anything else other than the sears tower but like if the white Sox left right does that then make is it is it other than like the diehard white Sox fans this is is it are people going to view it as like a mercy killing or is it like an actual sad thing
3: let Let me ask the question in, you know, a more engaging matter. Do you think it, it, it do you think you'll have the same reaction as uh, the people of Oakland did when, you know, that team is going to move to Las Vegas? You know, uh, Mike, we've had some of these conversations and confidence when, you know, we shoot the shit about baseball all the time. The two cities that have been the most engaging about, Getting a baseball team is a Las Vegas and B Nashville. And you know, obviously, Oakland making the move was one thing, and then you know, Chicago doing the next is it's not as much as a surprising value, but you know, it, it sounds more like, yeah, the White Sox look like they're getting the butt end of the deal because you've talked about it on this show about the carousel fun. That the Bears have had to go through of where the hell they're going to play if it's not going to be in Soldier Field and if they're going to go to Arlington Heights. You know, I'm reading here that there's talks about a new stadium. You know, here in our backyard, we're, you know, dealing with the same circus with what's going on here in Tampa Bay and, you know, how fun that's going to be. And that also has a small connection to the South Side as well. Yeah, because
0: the TROP was originally built to lure the White Sox out of Chicago.
3: Correct. I mean, the writing was on the wall, you know, since the 90s. It, it, it had to happen at some point in the Reinsdorf era. And it almost seems, you know, inevitable at this point.
0: Tom, let me pose a question to you here.
3: If the, sure. uh, With the
0: Bears obviously looking at a new stadium and the White Sox obviously looking at a new stadium, and I know Andre, you brought this up earlier too as well. That combined sports complex, whether that be on the lakefront or out in Arlington, is there a push from the city at all to kind of see that happen, or is it like
2: eh, maybe it'd be nice? Or I, I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting place to be for the city because the Bears obviously want more. Um, they want a world class stadium, and I don't blame them. Uh, having to negotiate everything with the city of Chicago and the Chicago Park District specifically um, would be a nightmare for me for any NFL franchise. So I, I think there are a number of options there. But when you combine that with the reality that the White Sox need to do something to uplift the fan base, to reinvigorate that team in the organization and to get out of that building, um, there are a number of different options. Um, I, I will say just to briefly touch back on the, the prior point, it would be an absolute travesty if the White Sox left Chicago. The history that that team has done, the work that they did in the early baseball era, the, the Negro Leagues alone and all of the history that they have in Chicago associated with the White Sox, um, it would be a travesty if the White Sox left the city. And I'll say that as a lifelong Cubs fan. Um, but, you know, the, the team's going to do what the team's going to do. Um, but what's interesting is there's there was some talk a few weeks ago of the Bears maybe building a stadium in in what's called the South Lot of soldier field and if you want to jump on google maps you can just find soldier field and just to the south of it there's a huge parking lot um there's talk of doing something like that Um, at the same time there's also talk of the white Sox potentially moving to a location in the south loop that abuts the chicago river on the east side of the river about maybe two miles from where soldier field is currently located two three miles across hyde um, Hyde park i think That neighborhood down there. So there's there's an interesting possibility here and it would I mean, it would take a monumental undertaking from a lot of different people. But to create either one one location where both stadiums are or one large stadium that manages both or some sort of connection between the two different um, locations where the where Soldier Field is now in that area, if there's a new stadium or if the Bears, you know, maybe the Bears buy Soldier Field from the city and then lease it back for the city's right. use in other areas as yeah. an option. I don't know. But the Bears need to have control over where they play. That's the big thing. So I think there are a lot of options in the city. Um, but also the suburbs are the, – the suburbs can be really enticing. Though Arlington yeah. Heights has created a problem.
1: Yeah, I know. It's it's one of those things where I kind of like saw that text message from you, Tom, and I was like, huh what if like i I'm, I'm dating myself because it's been a while since i've been to the city so i call it mccormick place it's probably not called anymore right but it's basically i feel really no, close it's still
2: to. mccormick place
1: is it still mccormick place oh my yes, god yes sir you're good okay so like i felt that was like are we are we gonna chicago need that anymore like can't we just incorporate that into the new bear site or change it around or take that land or like i'm thinking it's like huh that might be something. But as soon as you show me the 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 closeness of that to have, maybe you'd have like a ultimate well, – I would say ultimate Chicago experience because Cub fans be like, God damn it, like that's connected. Like the Bears are now associated with the Sox. But, I mean, it might actually help, you know, Chicago sports in general if you want to look at it that way. And answer your question, Mike, about the Sox leaving. If they do that, that's, you know, whatever they're going to do. Obviously, you saw the – I don't know if you guys – Saw what happened with the Bulls and their whole fiasco. Oh, that was so bad. Oh, yeah. That poor widow. I mean, Jesus Christ. She's just crying there. I'm like, fucking assholes. But, anyways. um, Can I ask
3: a wild card question? Yeah. Do you think Jerry Reinsdorf is going to, you know, start giving a shit more if he does sell the White Sox and, you know, have them leave the town for the Bulls? Like, did, will that finally turn around for what it's? Worth? I don't.
1: I don't know. I, to be honest, to me, see, the, that's the one of the problems of having an owner with two franchises in the city is if he splits these that franchise up. What? It's a good. It's a really good question. Like, what happens to uh, the other franchise, right? Um, but there's definitely a love hate relationship with the city, the fans, I think, and the owner for sure. And it's not just with the socks. <laughs> Well, <laughs> apparently
0: what's, what's crazy though so. is that like Reinsdorf did give both organizations that he owns a ring, right? Multiple rings. Oh, I know. The bulls, a ring I know. With the White Sox, right?
1: Like, I mean, Chicago fans are, don't get me wrong. They're, they're, there are, I mean, we're diehard fans for whatever team we really, I mean, obviously we have only a certain, there's only, there's only the bulls there, right? So we don't have another team to root for. There's only the bears, but I mean, Sox fans are hardcore. I mean, there's hardcore Sox fans and Cubs fans. I mean, it's not like a, like if they go in, they go all in, you know. And plus, if the Sox leave, like who the who the fuck are the Cubs going to make fun of? The Cubs fans, if they they go, like you're going to be like, oh, so, I mean, you want to kick a guy when they're down? Yeah, yeah like, Oh man, we ha- we don't like you dudes, but you guys don't have a team here, so I don't know. I, I guess I feel bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you can you can
0: go watch the brewers or something
1: <laughs> look what you can do you can, we're not going to say come on and put on cubby blue but maybe the the rickets would like that because they get basically all those fans but still in spite you know they'll
3: become cardinals fans they'll, oh that's probably, nice. yeah, probably true
1: that's blasphemy but you might be right yeah
2: you know, can i tell one quick story please yeah. i want to say it was in the 80s and it could be wrong but it was and i need to look it up but before interleague play existed as a thing. The Cubs and the Sox would find a day off that they both shared every season, and they would play a game that didn't mean anything against each other, and they would take turns going to the other one's stadium every season. That is right. That is correct. Sir. And it was it was just a, a fun little let's have a Crosstown rivalry, and it was called the Crosstown Classic, and it yep. was one game a year, and it meant everything. It was bragging rights. It meant- yeah, for the whole year. One whole game, year. one day. It was it was incredible. I remember one year Steve Sachs, I think it was, played every single position for the White Sox, one inning at each at each defensive position, including pitcher. Because it was just a game that, you know, didn't mean anything other than bragging rights. It was fantastic. And if the White Sox leave that, that, that history, that rivalry, all of that leaves with it. And I think Maddie's right. I think they become Cardinals fans.
3: Which you know makes me sad. My very first game at Wrigley Field was a uh, Crosstown Classic game. Like my very yes. first
1: game. I'm telling you, it's intense. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, there's, I don't know if it's, I mean, it's kind of like I think it's more like a like brotherly rivalry, right? I mean, there are some fighting and stuff, and like people get really out of hand. But I think mean, for the most part, my experience living there and being there
3: Cue was like. Advantage.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm going to like, like, your arm, like, give you nuggies, like that type of like I'm going to mess with you. But I think I can honestly say this. And I think a bunch of fans when I was there, it's like when the Sox in like the late 90s, early 2000s, when they had their championship run. I mean, I think most Cubs fans, I was for them sure, like, you're winning this for Chicago, motherfucker. You're not, <laughs> I, don't, I don't care if you're the White Sox at that point, you're representing the city. And that was more important. Cause that's 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 sure. what I mean when it comes down to it. Like maybe the Sox fans are like ah the Cubs and World Series, whatever they won, won whatever. But deep down, I think they were thinking Chicago won that championship, right? We're gonna just gonna own yeah. it for what it is. And if that part of that, like you said, if that goes, I don't know. Now, Hawk let's just
3: will drop dead if this move happens. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: that's what's probably so. <laughs> He's probably not. It's not yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably not going to happen this year. So, but what do you guys think spring training is coming like? So, what's what is the realistic chances of each team uh this year like are you forecasting a, a like a playoff run? Are you forecasting like I don't know what's going to happen like based on like what do you, what do you guys are kind of is this like excitement building or apprehension or what do you, what are your feelings?
3: Tom, you take first stab at it.
2: All right. Thank you. Um, I I think the Cubs are a playoff team for sure. And and I say that because they were almost a playoff team last year and they got better in the dugout. I think council is, is somebody who knows how to get the most out of his team and and knows how to set a lineup, Uh, which is something, no offense to David Ross or really any other coach for a while, but um, I I don't know. That's something that the Cubs have ever been very good at. Um, Not horrible at certainly Joe Madden was a great coach. Um, but I I think the Cubs are a playoff team for sure. I think, and if Bellinger comes back and if we can, you know, maybe get some, some depth to the, the bullpen, I think they could, they could make a run. I don't know that they're a world series team, but I think they could make a run. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a Cubs fan. So my guess is the white Sox are going to finish if they're lucky middle of the pack in their division. Um, but you know, they're, they're a mess. They're, they're just a mess top to bottom. They don't know how to put a team on the field that can play consistently.
3: Um, I have optimism compared to, you know, how last year was like a major surprise. Like, you know, the first two months when you look at last season, you're like, all right, you know, this these guys are the bad news cubbies trying to, you know, impress a lot of people. You took advantage when the Cardinals were, you know, at an all time low you know, and that was the absolute favorite to win the division. And, you know, obviously Milwaukee is the ones that won it. And, you know, when they bounce out, that's the minute we got Craig Council. And that's just going to be the impact. Now, obviously, Tom, of what you said with um, we, we do need bullpen signings. And, you know, obviously we probably need at least one more splash signing to like make it worth a damn you know in my opinion but you know you look at the rest of this division top to bottom you know obviously cincinnati needs a little bit more discipline pittsburgh is you know showing that they're still somewhat rebuilding but i'm not sure how milwaukee is going to do post council leaving and if the cardinals manage to pull their head out of their ass then, you know, it's it's going to be a fight. It will be a fight like it was last season. Happy to see a winning season where you do finish above 500. And, you know, in, in expectation of what players are going to, you know, rise up above it. I mean, you, look at some of the stats. Defensively, the Cubs were the best defensive team in the division. You know, if they did tighten up in that last, you know, couple of weeks, then they probably would have been one of the best defensive teams in the national league altogether. But, you know, they're going to put a lot of the younger pitchers on the mound this season, especially with their new Japanese signing. It's going to be, you know, more than interesting, you know, the most senior member who obviously brought the title and broke the curse Kyle Hendricks is still there and I believe this is his last season on that contract but you know my my expectation another wild card fringe-esque team you know you want them to make the playoffs and expectation and you know they're not obviously going to make a deep run with you know what the Dodgers have assembled all together the braves are still there the phillies are still there hell arizona said they're gonna you know be back with vengeance and take care of business so if they show up in the playoffs yeah i want them to be a thorn in some of these bigger teams side you know at the same time and you know as long as we're not submitting to our acronym of completely useless by september then that's fine that's totally fine. I just want to be a better team than we were last year. And, you know, the biggest impression that we got to get is obviously at the helm with new Skipper Craig Council. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's it's one of those things where the Cubs are, and Tom, as you put it, like they weren't a playoff team last year. They should have been. There was obviously some things from a managerial perspective that, were questionable so they get a new manager and if those things are corrected they should be a playoff team does any of the teams though and i'm not talking just the cubs in general i'm looking at you know if if i gave you the bet are you taking the dodgers or the field
1: dodgers i hate to say it those sons of bitches I mean, they got it, it, it all. I'm, I'm gonna say the Dodgers. I mean, Otani might not have to throw a goddamn ball from the mound, and it won't matter because he's a just, he's just such an amazing player. And hopefully, I'm gonna,
3: they. I'm gonna disagree. Oh, huh? okay. I'm taking the field. All right. Braves are still there. Braves could still good point. Next signing. I, mean, I, I I think it still comes down to uh, Dodgers and Braves in the pennant, and I do think like you know that's gonna be an upsetting you know feat. Obviously, Otani not being able to pitch is going to be the X factor, you know, for them in playoffs altogether. But, you know, um, I really think it's going to be, you know, the first year trying to figure out the the chemistry with all these new signings. And then by 2025, it's just going to be more scary to face that team once Otani starts throwing again.
1: Yeah, you're right. This might be the window that you have a chance to jump on this team before he starts to get his, you know, shoulder back in action to be able to throw the ball. But I um, don't know. I I still think
2: it's pretty tough. Tom, is it Dodgers or the field? Uh, I'm taking the field, and I'm taking the field because I, I I do enjoy the Dodgers somehow managing to screw it up in the playoffs every year. Um, <laughs> it's it's they're, just they're fun. the
0: Dallas Cowboys of baseball, a baseball. Bit.
2: fact yeah they spend a ton like they've really become the west coast yankees right like they are they spend a ton of money and and you expect a lot from them and they always manage to underdeliver
3: deliver.
2: Mm-hmm. um and so and and i say this knowing that my wife grew up in los angeles and my in-laws are season ticket holders for the los angeles dodgers um so like you know i'm i hope they're not listening <laughs> try, to this tread lightly my, my friend <laughs> <laughs> right um but really, I, I think that I, I think I'll take the field and I agree with Maddie. I think the Braves are, are a scary team. And, and it, what would be really fun is like if the Cubs somehow managed to play like the Dodgers in the Division series and took them to like six or seven games, that would be great. That would be that would be absolutely fun. I don't know if that's realistic, but um, yeah, I'm taking the field for sure. Okay. Maddie, I know you and I had a laugh. Uh,
0: was that yesterday uh, on the the Derek Jeter? Hall of Fame vote. Right? Yeah. Missed it. yeah. Missed the unanimous by one. <laughs> right?
3: You want to buy that man a beer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like I'm looking at this going, you know, the Hall of Fame class is is out, right? You, you know, Todd Helton, Joe, you know, Maurer. Is there anybody in there that you know, or Beltray? Is there anybody in there that's just like, yeah, that guy?
3: Uh Gary Sheffield. Why did he miss the cut? on his ninth season or was it his eighth or ninth season? I can't recall. It's
0: it's been a while. he's had a few goes at it.
3: Right. And the one thing where I could agree when Sheffield put his stats next to Maurer, this is no disrespect to Joe Maurer, but I, the hottest take that I will say here is that I don't believe Joe Maurer should have been a first ballot should have probably, you know, given the, benefit for maybe second or third ballot but you know the fact that sheffield is being overlooked altogether is a little bit more depressing than you know i could really say you know beltray more than impressive absolutely first ballot i i agree there and um todd helton great dual athlete i was I learned this yesterday that he actually uh, was first string while Peyton Manning was second string uh, when they both played for the Vols, you know, together. Um, But, you know, he obviously deserved to get in, you know, top to bottom. Um, You know, the next year's class is just really more than interesting because, you know, I really, could not imagine a world where Ichiro Suzuki is not first ballot. Like that's just it. That dude is more than impressive. That that dude
0: needs to be the next unanimous.
3: Right? Period. Right. Period.
0: Like Ichiro is. Ichiro and Tony Gwynn are probably the two best pure hitters. I'm not saying home run hitters, but just hitters. You know, contact hitters I've ever seen. Right. Like those are generational guys, and each row, you know, for all his time he played in Japan and you know, with the Mariners, and then when he bounced around afterwards a little bit, that dude needs to be surefire first ballot, especially
3: um, with the engaging fight where this is the only dude who supposedly passes Pete Rose when you combine his career hits. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. I got a you know, round table hut. Uh, Mike, question to ask everybody here. If there's one Chicago Cub from the 2016 World Series team that should be in the hall, which one should it be? Tom, you go first. Andre, Mike, you know, wrap it on that end. Anthony Rizzo. Damn you. He- I mean, that's, about, that's a unanimous vote.
2: It's got to be yeah. unanimous, he, right? He he. The thing about Rizzo that that I love so much is, you know, Hoyer was the GM in, I think, San Diego, um, or something. I maybe misremembering this because it was a while ago. But like, as soon as Theo showed up, he immediately traded Kashner, if we can remember him, and another guy who I don't remember for Rizzo, and it was like the the greatest. Thing that ever happened. I mean, he came in and suffered for years with the Cubs. He was like an Andre Dawson type, you know, MVP level playing ability on a team that was finishing last for years. Mm -hmm. And to see him win the World Series, to see him take that ball, catch it, and shove it in his back pocket. I mean, it's yeah, it's it brings tears to my eyes. That guy belongs in the Hall, and I can't wait to see it
3: it's my phone wallpaper for the longest time. I got my dog Riz in the room as well. You know, that there's there's reasons why that dude should have been immortalized and kept a cub forever. It it burns my soul that he's on the Yankees. You know, obviously yeah. everyone here knows that I that <laughs> I hate the Yankees more than I hate the Cardinals, <laughs> which is <laughs> it's hard to fathom, but <clears throat> you know, there's deep ingrained History with the Cubs and why that beef is still there.
0: And Maddie, we are going up to Chicago in September for that for that series in Wrigley.
3: Labor Day weekend, baby.
0: Oh boy, good times had by all. Um, so I know we talked about you know Hall of Famers. One thing I want to look at, and, and, and particularly as it relates to the Cubs is the guys starting out their careers, particularly, you know, progressing to the big leagues, the Cubs farm system by all measure is pretty deep. Is there any of the guys that you see potentially coming on the roster after spring training or kind of those mid season call-ups that you really want to give like, Hey, look out for this guy.
3: Cade Horton is the first one that jumps off the page. Like that's that he's number two in our, you know, top 10 for our prospects. And, you know, he actually put up impressive numbers in, you know, double A. I really think he will more or less not get the invite when we do, you know, final roster selections in spring. But I do think he's going to be like a late season call up, especially Mm -hmm. probably in the second half when we start, Mm -hmm. you know, um, figuring out things, obviously injury is always, you know, a, um, you know, hindering question mark. I I mentioned this before, you know, Jordan Wicks, a guy who I've, you know, been standing behind for the longest time as a lefty mind you he put up impressive numbers when he was a late call up. I think he's going to be, you know, a roster selected um, player for the rotation and, you know, I'm going to die in the hill where I still believe in Matt Mervis. You know, obviously where with Michael Bush being introduced, you know, for competition is always going to be like the engaging factor, but you know, I really think Mervis has the potential to basically redeem himself and he may or may not be the starting first baseman for the Cubs when on opening day in texas when we're you know facing the world series champ the big ticket thing here is obviously uh our main man rocking a mullet with uh pete crow armstrong and there's a lot of chirping that this dude has the potential to win rookie of the year for you know the cubs this season
2: my pete crow armstrong jersey just showed up in the mail today Hey, <laughs> I am a well. I am a huge fan. I, I I was. I'm I'm excited to see him patrolling center field this year. I think he is going to be a ton of fun to watch. I think he brings a lot of energy to the team uh, in a really fun way. I'm really excited to see him play.
3: the The other thing that you know does obviously put the Bellinger talks on ice is the fact that pca is obviously you know the first choice for center field as you put ian happen left and you still have Saya suzuki in right and if first base is going to end up being the anomaly question mark of what we're going to do next i mean you know does jed bite the bullet and basically lose out on you know the cody bellinger sweeps i mean It's really hard to engage in Boris talks when the man is asking for a ceiling lifelong contract so he's not burned again. And I mean, you're talking about a player that had a career resurgence close to MVP quality numbers. No, I don't want to miss out on Cody Bellinger. But at the same time, I don't want to minimize the work that Pete Crow Armstrong has put in. Like, I really don't.
1: I don't know. The question really comes down to can can PCA, I love that by the way. If he can he match or come close to the same production as Belly.
3: Defensively you know? and, more. Offensively yeah. not quite yet. As a base runner, he's probably going to want to try to go neck and neck with Horner.
1: Yeah. So I mean that's got to be the thing that you know what's the it, this is, you know, this is obviously this is where we we got counsel Right, this is the things that he's gonna be able to. I think he's got a really good eye for talent, and it basically, he might go up to you and you know, say, "Hey, we don't need Bellinger. This guy's gonna be good enough. Like, just put him. I'll put him in the lineup. I'll get him productive, and uh, we'll see how this goes." I mean, they've got. I think the one reason I love the Cubs this year for me personally is I want to see a lot of some. I want to hopefully see some more younger players kind of get some action, you know, get a little youth in the team it's just make it make it exciting that's one of the things i loved about you know the 2016 team because you had some veterans stables but then you had like a javier baez right you had some really young really prospecting you know youth in that lineup and it kind of gives some energy we kind of see what the cubs do this year how many young players they actually uh really rely on this year
0: all right i have one more question andre i'm gonna Ask that you hold your answer back because I am about to kick the proverbial hornet's nest here. Oh, no. Gentlemen, as this is a still a bear show, there is one conversation that has dominated Bears' uh, Twitter, Bears' media for the last year Justin Fields or
2: Caleb. Who you want? Your turn, Manny.
3: So I, I never got a chance to unwrap this earlier when, you know, talking about, um, you know, the Harbaugh signing in San Diego. And the the one thing that I started reading a lot, and I, I don't know if this rumor holds a lot of water, but have ever flus definitely not be uh, asked to come back. And Harbaugh was inserted into the situation uh, back in Chicago. He was really on the, you know, whole concept of bringing Caleb Williams in. And, you know, I, as much as that raises some eyebrows, but now that's more of what it could have should have at this rate. We're, we're at the part where is that I really think that the, the bears really do need to bring in Marvin Harrison jr. And, you know, put the upsetting factor Uh, over Caleb Williams, and this is no disrespect, but I don't have faith in Caleb Williams. I really don't. I don't think he's going to be one of those guys who transcends uh, well into the NFL. And you know, the amount of Bears fans who I've seen, like, you know, why wouldn't you want this? Look at this highlight reel tape, and I'm like, huh, that's strange because didn't you guys? throw up the same highlight reels of Justin Fields at Ohio went before he got drafted. Like, m- make up your mind. Like, seriously. Look, I've listened to the show. I've, you know, ha- I, ha- I hold the same opinion as y'all. I am tired of seeing the in the carousel of new head coach, new OC, new quarterback be the endless f- fucking show. That is for the Bears and you know as I really want that to change and I really want the dedication and the discipline there. I still believe in Justin Fields at the last time I was on this show. It was, you know, a little bit of the preseason where we were doing um, the preseason games, you know, I thought fields was going to, you know, at least do a lot better. And, you know, he he had similar numbers close to Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson is obviously the go-ahead nod for the MVP. And so, like, what do the Bears need to plug to give Justin Fields that whole argument as well? Because he still has the ability to do that. And I still think he can do that. But, no, I'd, I'd rather ride it with Justin and I'd, you know, rather see caleb williams you know fall a little further and you know if i need to eat humbleberry pie uh, at the end of it and this turns into another patrick mahomes situation then shit you know pour a shot of malort so i could choke on that pie too tom
0: i'm gonna give you the soapbox go for it man
2: thank you yeah i i mean i think there's the argument I, i think i have two things to say very quickly the first one is marvin harrison jr is the pick Marvin Harrison Jr. is the pick and I don't really care what the quarterback situation is like it's it is in my opinion the first overall pick has absolutely nothing to do with the quarterback situation for the Bears and it has everything to do with the fact that this guy on our offense with DJ Moore and Cole Komet and whatever other upgrades they can make makes this team better it makes this team for real and they can go get a Joe Flacco or somebody to back up Justin Fields for his fourth year. And if it doesn't turn out that Fields is okay, okay, fine. Give me Joe Flacco and DJ Moore and Marvin Harrison Jr. Right? Or the other option and the other point to make is, where was Brock Purdy drafted in the NFL draft? I, I believe he was last.
3: Mr. Irrelevant.
2: Yeah. He is now you know the quarterback of one of the four remaining teams in the NFL and is about to play a game and maybe go to the Super Bowl. You can get a quarterback anywhere. Ask Tom Brady, fifth round pick.
3: Ask Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. As much as that's a sensitive subject here.
2: <laughs> right. And and, and you Figure mentioned it. Patrick Mahomes. Right. Patrick Mahomes, I think, went like ninth tenth in the draft. The tenth, Bears yeah, I think. Did yeah, didn't we draft Mitch Trubisky over him? Uh, like, don't bring that up, man. Come no, on. No, no, no. It's, it's a no, family friendly show. Thing. We're not that's gonna not, let's learn. <laughs> let's learn. Draft a dynamic absolutely exceptional wide receiver draft the guy I that agree. can break the game i agree and one of those wide receivers by the way neighbors and Ozun or i don't i do Oduz maybe i don't remember his name the guy in washington they are electric too like those three guys are absolutely exceptional and the teams that draft in the top 10 and get an opportunity to grab one of those guys are going to be really really happy oh,
3: yeah. but whatever
2: the bears do at quarterback they have time there's one chance to get Marvin Harrison Jr. I think they use the pick. I, I don't think we trade back. I don't think we try to get cute. I think he
3: just used the pick. You, you guys want mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield if he doesn't get re-signed by the Bucks? I mean, Dude, you do you have options? Baker with <laughs> Marvin Harrison?
0: absolutely. Like I, I could ride on Baker. Speaking of which, know. I mean, if if you if you do decide, and 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 I I totally. Get the take Marvin. Overall, he is clearly to me the best player in this draft, bar none. Right? Yeah. And if you have the number one pick, you take the best player. That's Mm -hmm. generally the 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 thought process. Obviously, the Bears being in this unique quarterback question mark situation complicates things. Right? Um, One thing though, and we look at the Lions. What have the Lions done to correct their problems? They just drafted good football players. Absolutely, right? you know they they got laughed at for taking Jameer Gibbs. You know in the first round, they're like, "Oh, you could have got it." Doesn't matter, dude is a monster, right? They just draft good football players, and Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best football player.
3: It, Can I engage it, this even further? Please, the Bears can't afford to fuck this up. Like they really yeah. can't. Like you know, w- with enough time, with what they've been already, you know, dealing with, I I don't think the end all solution is trading down to figure it out. Like that, that's not how this works. And, you know, the one more thing that we, you know, didn't even um, open Pandora's box about is, you know, is, is Shane Waldron, the answer to fix Justin Fields? Is this going, is this offensive coordinator going to be, the man that strikes fear into the rest of the division. You know, clearly everyone here does not want to hear any more champagne bottles pop over Jordan love because, you know, I, I sure as hell don't. And, you know, at, as much as there is, you know, spite for it, but you have to give the tip of the hat and the respect to Detroit, you know, a part of me is going to be in Detroit's corner this weekend. And, you know, they're the team of destiny to do it. Hell, I've got a little bit in me that says a team that doesn't have a Super Bowl title should, you know, at least be the ones that are in the show and probably win theirs for for all doing purpose. But you know, as I'm reiterating this point, and I'm sorry for you know obscenities for the family friendly show, but no, no the Bears that, can't. That, that was them.
1: definitely a joke. I don't know how many families watch or listen to the show. Let on how friendly they are. So you're okay. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So our, our, no, I gotta ask: so, Are
0: you are you rooting? Are you guys rooting for? Hey, M- Eminem hold versus on. Taylor Swift.
1: I'm think. I'm gonna go last, so I'm going last. Don't go. Here on, we right. go. All right. <laughs> so I, I brought this up before, and we asked Michael. And I asked each other, like, what do we want to have happen? What, what do you think the Bears are going to do? Right, that was a question we asked ourselves. I think the Bears are actually going to draft the quarterback. It's just me. I feel like it's in their DNA to do this again. I have no idea if Shane trade Waldron bay? has a preference.
3: Is it trade bait?
1: Uh, no, I think they're actually just going to draft the quarterback. I think I'm. I don't. I don't know if polls is sold on uh, Justin Fields, uh, and I think it, for him, if you want to look at it from a business perspective, um. You know, there is this whole like restart the clock. There is truth to this to so get another rookie. It also buys Eber flew some time because if he takes Justin Fields and gets Marvin Harrison jr and rolls with this and he's not successful, he's on a hotter seat than basically having a rookie quarterback. So self pre- and so are polls. There's a self-preservation message in there as well. I think these are all the things I think the, they're thinking about. Right. Um, and, but I was talking to Michael on the downside of that is yeah, you might have a rookie quarterback and you're gonna to have to pay him. But let's say Caleb Williams is great and they draft him and then they're gonna to have to pay him. Well, that's like four to five years from now, is when a lot of other contracts are gonna be due, four to five years from now. So essentially you're gonna also create this potential real big log, log jam of contracts need to be paid in the next three, you know, four to five years, which is like maybe polls, like, I don't care, it's not my problem, I'll have be gone by then or whatever, right? Who knows? Personally. I don't want them. I'm okay with keeping Justin. I think Justin is, even let's say his ceiling is not as high as Caleb, I still think that you can win in this league with Justin. I think if you gave Justin uh, the opportunities to play in a system that's better suited for him and you gave him some weapons and a better offensive line, I think he's, he's definitely good enough. He does things in this league that very few quarterbacks can do. And I'm thinking, like, you really want to replace that? And, and and just in my personal opinion about Justin, so I hope that they get Marvis and Harrison Jr. I, I don't care if it's, I mean, obviously get as much juice as you can out of any team, right? To and still get him. So my my mantra after the draft would be like, if we don't, if we don't basically get Caleb Williams and he's the shit, or we don't get Marvin Harrison Jr., I I'm gonna throw things at t- the TV, pretty much. Yeah, and that's right.
2: That's why you draft Harrison because he's a like he is the most. I think he's the safest pick. And oh, there's you can't hands down draft you and you can't do Trubisky again. I can't. I won't. I know, but like, the, it, here's the thing. You know,
1: but the thing about it is that you can do Trubisky again if you don't take the you don't take the next
2: Mahome. Sure. But I, I, I don't know. This, I'd almost this, rather the Bears I know, never draft a quarterback for 10 I'm just, years and I'm just, just sign veterans.
1: <laughs> I know. I, I hear you. I hear you. But at some point, the league has built, especially the way salaries are going, the the league has mm-hmm. a, a better chance of – usually a better chance of winning if you have your – now, here's the other side of this whole scenario, right? You got to look at the stafford Golf deal. It's actually pretty funny. We're talking about Golf and the Lions and now Stafford, right, in, in general. But LA was had they were just like they knew they were a quarterback away. Did they draft a quarterback? They did. They got rid of him to get a veteran quarterback. So this is pro your argument, right? Who was really good. And then you get him. So like maybe you're like, hey, you know what? You just go and trade for Joe Burrow later on the, who knows? Or Herbert. Like maybe Herbert and Carbaugh don't do well. And you you go for actually a proven, you know, you're not they're not young anymore, but they're pretty still damn pretty good. And now you've got a roster. Ultimately, my biggest argument for drafting Marvin Harrison, and I've said this before, but I'll say it real quick here, is that no matter who you bring in, Young, no matter what quarterback you draft, Drake, May, Caleb, Caleb, you want to have a good roster around it. So why not why not get a good roster now, get a really solid offensive line, get a whole crap load of weapons, and then if Justin doesn't work out, the next year you just draft a quarterback. Who cares if it's not the Caleb Williams? There'll be another good player that draft. You'll have some draft capital. Just go get them then. So, well,
2: and not only, I, I, you I think, think good an, team. a, yeah, agreed. And you take the argument one further. Let's say that we go with Harrison this year and we, we stick with fields and it just doesn't work out for whatever reason. Yeah. There are a lot of, any free agent quarterback is going to look around at the wide receivers and let's not forget that this is a wide receiver league now. Oh yeah. Teams with a quarterback vacancy and good receiving weapons every quarterback in the league is going to look at DJ Moore and Marvin Harrison Jr and say i want to throw 5000 yards to those two guys this year
1: oh yeah and Cole commit I, I absolutely yeah. no it's 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 kind of like it's like uh i think the best point that you guys have made here is that it's a monumental it's a franchise altering decision at the feet of Ryan Poles and Floos and obviously they're all of the bears organization now this is huge we're all looking forward to it. It's a little bit scary, but, uh, you know, personally, if I had to put money down, I think they're going to draft a quarterback. I, but my heart and soul is like, ah, don't do that. But that's my opinion. It's, it's going to be.
0: And this is this is the fun part about watching the Bears every offseason because it feels like <laughs> the interesting actually thing is the off season and not the regular season, right? We like
1: call this Yeah, game? like we, we get all hyped up, like oh my god, and then we see them in real season, like oh uh, yeah why yeah, yeah. again? Please yeah. why do this to us?
0: So guys, before we get out of here, I've got I got one more for you. Give me your picks for the, the conference title games and, and your Super Bowl winner. Obviously, we're down to four
2: uh tom why don't you go first sure before we leave the bears i just want to say that there is some reporting from windy city gridiron and a few others that the bears are taking a very long look at chase young and bringing him in um, because he was on he finished up his contract this year uh, with the 49ers so there's a chance that chase young and vanta sweat could reunite on the defensive line for the bears next year and that would be a ton of fun and, and that's then. justin's boy and, right.
1: and not only that, but the dude, his knee will now be another year recovered. And mm-hmm. so with a really healthy Chase Young and Montez Sweat again.
2: Whew, oh my God. That would be too fun, right? All right. Okay. This weekend. Um I agree with Maddie. It's I'm I am pulling for the Lions in every possible way. Though that said, I don't know how the 49ers lose at home this weekend. I just I don't see it happening. Um that said, I will be happy with any result out of that game um and i think the ravens are just really good so i i think it's going to be ravens 49ers in the Super Bowl. um and i'm i'm looking forward to that significantly oh and one thing i did learn the chargers are playing at the ravens next year so there will be a nice little brotherly uh matchup the fighting our boss.
1: <laughs> oh exactly okay yeah, yeah. brother on brother
2: nfl scripted
1: yeah
3: to it. echo it even further, the last time the Ravens and the 49ers played against each other in the Super Bowl was the Super Harbaugh Bowl. And one of the funniest jokes that I you know, like to echo from that year was how Thanksgiving was probably very interesting at the Harbaugh house. Where uh, they, yes. <laughs> where they asked both brothers how they're doing. Um, where I kind of disagree about the Niners <clears throat> they looked battered and bruised they kind of looked very much like a deer in headlights against you know the packers i mean they were they were almost out of that game and you know if jordan love doesn't throw that interception that could have been you know murderous for them obviously it was that one missed field goal that was you know the game you know decision factor in that however um i i do like the grit of the Lions, you know, they are the team of destiny, and I really truly believe that they just will be the upsetting value. Kind of like how Nick Foles was the guy who led the Eagles during that one year that Carson Wentz uh pretty much did all the you know legwork for that, and how you know the fluke that Nick Foles was the MVP of that Super Bowl. Um, however, to agree on the same value, uh the Ravens are scary that defense is nuts and i mean there's a reason why they put they paid LeVar jackson that amount of money and he's you know going to capitalize it with a super bowl championship and it's uh ravens over lions in the super bowl
0: andre
1: so it's going to – I mean, I wish I would have known. If I could see I have a crystal ball and I would see Debo Samuel on the field healthy for the 49ers, I would say the 49ers are going to win that game. But I think him actually not being in the lineup hurts the 49ers more than the 49ers are willing to admit. But I, I don't know. I, I Actually, I can see the Lions upsetting the 49ers at home. Um, because I just don't know if they're the same team without Debo. They really, they kind of have some struggles. But I mean, I I do predict the upset. But I I mean, if my pocket was talking. I don't know if I I just might push in that whole game. Um, I see the winning, and then I kind of see the Ravens winning the whole thing. I just think that they're Lamar Jackson. Uh, he's got he's got something going on this year where he's like. All right, guys. Uh, I'm gonna win the game right now, and see you later. And he just has that about him, and all only that, but I think Andrews is coming back for their team, and so those two factors. Ravens at the Super Bowl champions. So
0: I know the NFL wants the Eminem versus Taylor Swift Super Bowl, right? But uh, I, I I can't I can't do it. I, I agree with you guys uh, that it is. San Francisco's health is going to be the main factor. However, I still do like uh, the Lions to to keep it close. I think they're like seven point dogs already, which is kind of crazy to think about, especially if Debo's uh, not healthy. Uh, but I think San Francisco is a little too much, so I, I will take the Niners. But I cannot bet against Patty Mahomes. In the playoffs until wow, somebody I we were him.
3: gonna keep a theme here. No, I we we're gonna keep the theme here. No,
0: no, I I would love to see Roquan get a ring. Don't get me wrong, right? Out of Baltimore. Okay. I think Baltimore's okay. a great team. But I learned something in all my years of watching Tom Brady was if it's Tom Brady in the playoffs, you don't bet against him until you see somebody beat him, right?
3: Mm-hmm. I've
0: yet to see somebody really take down Patty Mahomes in the playoffs. I can't bet against him. The dude is just magical, and it stings every time you watch him. Because Andre, you and I talked about this in the last episode. Like, even if we would have got seventy percent of of this, the Bears would have been phenomenal, right? We had the chance, but we missed it, right? I'm taking Mahomes.
3: Clowny is going to eat, bro. Maybe,
0: maybe. And I'm I'm going to take the Chiefs to win it all. At this point. I, I, I okay. cannot bet against Patty
1: Mahomes. I mean, nice. it's it's fair. I can't. I would say that it's a very good point. I just I don't know. There's something about Lamar this year. He just feels like he's the one to be like, and, and just it, in a little bit. And I just you know, obviously the Chiefs themselves, in my opinion, are kind of they feel like vulnerable. You know what I mean? But it is to be said that even vulnerable, Patty Mahomes is still. Got magic. He's very magical. Or should say? He's good. It's, good. it's good. It's good. We're going to find out. It's going to be very exciting. Very exciting weekend for very, football. Very,
0: very exciting weekend.
1: Gentlemen, it's been a
0: pleasure to have you. The floor is yours. Plug whatever you want to plug. Say your goodbyes. All that fun stuff. Uh, whoever wants to go first, knock yourself out.
2: I really appreciate you guys having me here. I'm super excited for the Cubs uh, and for going to opening day with my wife, which I'm very excited about. Um, and I'm looking forward to the NFL draft. I think it's it's going to be a ton of fun. So, uh, thanks a lot. I'm looking forward to coming back.
3: Wrigley or Texas opening day?
2: Oh, Cubs opening day.
3: Okay, at home. My my sister lives in Dallas, and I've really tried to lobby. You know, my entire family like let's let's go to you know the Rangers opening day because they got the Cubbies. Why why not? And, you know, it's going to be a hard pull, you know, uh, a miracle if we if we can pull it off. But I don't think it's going to happen. <clears throat> um, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure and an honor, especially to be asked to come back on the show. Thank you so much for uh, having me back, especially to, you know, rap about baseball, you know, on your uh, program when I know it's you know pretty dedicated to, uh, you know, football heavy. What are you guys going to do? When you know footballs are, I know it's going to be hard to talk about the Bulls and the Hawks right now. <laughs> Dude, we
0: can keep this Justin versus Caleb conversation going until April. So we're we're we're, we're
3: rife with content, my friend. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. All right. This is. I mean, uh,
1: baseball's coming in. You Got to inject it. Yes. I want to actually talk about like spring training games and what we see about the roster. And oh, yeah. there's going to be some talk for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Awesome. This is uh, Matty Espro of the Espro TV Podcast. You could hear new episodes weekly on our program with me and my co-host TV. My main man, Mike here, mixes the uh, music. He's got a brand new jam that we put on the episode this week that does a lot of ode to chip tunes and arcades of the Chicago area. Definitely find those Easter eggs if you do find them out there. Uh, yeah, talk a lot of different stuff about pop culture you know, entertainment, sports, obviously once a month to, you know, talk about highlights and, you know, definitely of the arts, you know, between, you know, music, media, all that jazz. I'm not sure if I said that twice. Uh, we also have a lot of people that, you know, grow the network of the show. And uh, yeah, again, thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: Andre, you know what time it is. It's time to say goodbye to the people.
1: Yep. Just want to say thank you, gentlemen, for uh, stopping by. You know, obviously we're going to connect with you guys again. I think this was a lot of fun. I had a great time. And with that, see ya!